Good morning, podcasters. Or Stutzcasters. Uh, today is a special day. We're going to do a Stutzcast special. Do something different. Um, and today is uh, a Sunday, the 25th of February, 2024. And it's 8.28 in the morning. And uh, you can probably tell I'm not walking with Rooney right now. I am driving in the Jeep Cherokee. Because what we're going to do today is we're going to go on a walk together into the mountains. And we're going to go almost to the source of the Guadalmina River. Um, And given that... uh, We've had precious little rain over the past few months. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how much water there is up there. But um, it's a beautiful day. Really nice day. I'm sorry, something's rattling around in the car. I hope you're not getting that. I've actually tried to fix the uh, my microphone. You may have noticed on the last few podcasts, there's been a kind of annoying clicking. Um, which is because I don't know what, what but there's some kind of a loose part in, uh, inside the microphone device that I use to record things on. Um, <laughs> now there's something else clicking. I don't know what it is, but it's not my microphone. It's something inside my car. But, uh, yeah, so I've put like a grip, you know, one of those um, spring grips around the microphone device which kind of holds it whatever it is that's loose it's holding it in place so it doesn't rattle around, so I hope that works Um, that's a nice day now we're just heading off into the countryside now well, we live in the countryside, but more into the countryside. And uh, I've already had quite an annoying <laughs> morning. Because, you know, I, uh, I thought, well, I'll get up early. <clears throat> and I'd do a, do a special start to cast. You know, um, I had it planned. And... Uh, I couldn't find my car key. Have you ever had that? You know, you're, you're thinking, well, there's only so many places the car key can be. I, I, it can't be. It can't be all over the place. <clears throat> and, uh, oh, God. I looked in every room and in every pocket and couldn't find it. And I said to Christina, I can't find my car key. <laughs> she's, she's used to this kind of stuff. She said, it's probably in the car. It's the sort of thing you would do. So, uh... I looked in, in the car, and sure enough, there it was, in the ignition. Uh, and if you've got, you know, a car like mine, <clears throat> I suppose any car that's, that's built recently, you'll know that uh, if you leave the ignition in the key, in the keyhole, sorry, if you leave the key in the ignition, the battery drains down. <laughs> so... Sure enough, I turned the key, nothing, flat. 
So then I thought, well, I'm not <laughs> just going to explain all the details of this to Christine right now because I know I'm going to get an earful. So I thought, I, I can jump start it. I've got some jump leads, so I use the other car to start it. So it took me about 20 minutes to get the uh, car jump started, which is, which is why we're a little bit late out this morning. And then uh, just had a quick cup of coffee and two pieces of toast, and out we go. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, despite the uh, slightly misfired start, never mind, all problems can be overcome. So, I will say uh, thank you for joining us on this Sunday. And, uh, well, uh, I'll, we'll move into the main body of the podcast once I've uh, arrived at our destination and we'll take it from there. Okay. Well... We're off. We've arrived at the uh, Cañada de Juan Mina, which is the, uh, the little circuit that we're going to do now. And it's um, uh, it's famous this this path for uh, libelulas, uh, which means um, dragonfly. We're not going to see any dragonflies today. Oh. <laughs> There's a little small holding just on the other side of the river valley. <laughs> and uh, he has cockerels and usually, I, you know, when I come here, there's dogs barking and things, but perhaps they're still, still asleep. It is Spain after all. Oh yeah, his cockerels awake there. So, oh gosh, I can already, look at that. That is, I think, a chaffinch just speeding through the valley yeah uh, there's a sign here there's, there's quite a lot of um, um, explanatory uh, signs around here so I'll stop occasionally and just tell you um, Libelulas de Benahavis Dragonflies of Benahavis um, <laughs> there's some explanation here in English and in Spanish so what is a dragonfly? A dragonfly is an insect with a life cycle consisting of two main stages, the aquatic nymphal stage, one, and the adult stage, two. It feeds on either invertebrates during both stages, sorry, it feeds on other invertebrates during both stages, especially flies and mosquitoes. It belongs to the order Odonata, encompassing dragonflies and damselflies. The former have a weaker, fluttery flight and hold their wings over the body at rest, while the latter are fast, agile flyers and perch with their wings held out to the sides in the shape of a cross. So there you have it. <laughs> Dragonflies. <laughs> He's got more than one cockerel, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, this is uh, it's a beautiful path. I'm going to go up and up and up and up into the valley, into the valley, into the mountain. I'm going to tell my watch I'm on a walk as well. Might as well count the steps. <clears throat> and uh, check my heart rate as we do this. I am trying to get back into fitness again. Oh, last time I, I uh, we, we spoke, 
I had just, I thought I had recovered from quite a long bout of illness. <laughs> and I was really happy because uh, it was, it was over. I thought it was over. And then to my shock and dismay, I, uh, I came down with something else. It was just a cold, but you know, at the end of a, like a, nearly a three month spell of, of problems, I thought, oh, it's great to be, but you know, back in health again, and then bang, straight out for another week. But not to worry, that's gone as well. So I'm out in the mountains without my buddy Rooney, sadly, because he would love to take him, but um, as you, you might know, Rooney doesn't like going in the car. Not doesn't like it, I mean, really has a strong aversion to it. So I can't take him in the car with me, which means we can't go on these lovely walks together. So it's just you and me. Oh, uh, can you, can you hear? What was that? It could be a dog. <laughs> I thought it was a bird, but suspiciously like a dog. So, I'm walking along the river bed, or beside the river bed of the Guadalmina River, and uh, yes, there is water in it, not much, but look here, there's a dog's right. Oh, in fact, I can see a dog. <laughs> yeah, there's a little sort of mutt, white and brown, <laughs> looking at me and barking. But as we progress on this podcast, We'll get away from all that and up into the peace and quiet. Yeah, there is some water in that riverbed, but really not much. And this is the problem at the moment. Spain, or well, this part of Spain, is experiencing a very dry spell. And there are water restrictions already, and likely to be more. Um, so, uh, until it rains, you know, we're going to struggle. But, oh, I'm just looking, there's another explanatory plaque about El Reino de las Sombras, the, uh, the king of the shade. That's another type of uh, dragonfly. I'm not walking with my poles. Usually when I go out hiking, I have poles. I haven't brought them with me today because I wanted a free hand to be able to podcast and talk to you. So it feels a bit strange to me to be hiking without uh, my hiking poles. We're going to hear chickens. <laughs> I think there are two farms right sort of close by each other. And they both seem to have chickens and cockerels and dogs. <laughs> There's a hen clucking away. Probably hear it. Yeah, so I'm walking along a sort of a, a pathway that's been cut out in between the riverbed and the side of the mountain. So I've got a sheer, gigantic rock to my right, and riverbed to my left, oh. and uh, ahead of me, 
just mountainside, which we're going into. It's a nice path, this. Very, very narrow. You could only, well, single file. You couldn't get two people alongside here. And it's, and it's quite, quite cold. Nine degrees, it said in my car. Oh, look, there's a beautiful chaffinch. Hello, right next to me. They, these guys can sing. That's a female. Oh, this is fun. Well, whatever you're shouting this dog. Now, I don't know if you can hear. Oh, the duck. Yeah, because we're just coming up to a reservoir where there is a bit of water and uh, water birds ducks and surprisingly <laughs> we may see some cormorants we're a little bit away from the sea here but but I have seen I think I've seen cormorants here before we'll see on this walk whether we find any ducks and geese and other type of waterfowl do settle in that reservoir if there's any water in it El Emperor the Emperor the Emperor of the dragonflies all, all these Every so often there's a plaque telling me about a different type of dragonfly. Hmm. Getting a bit steeper now. It's Sunday, so I've probably come across a few other hikers or sometimes cyclists and sometimes mo motorcyclists, motorbikers. Now this noise that you can hear here is a pumping station because we're close to the reservoir <clears throat> and I think what this is doing it's quite noisy isn't it it's a small station but it's just pumping water where to I'm gonna guess yeah there are some houses very high above us you know uh, yeah, gosh, oh God, that's probably about three, four hundred feet up. There's some houses up there, and I think that pumping station's pumping water up to them. <clears throat> Will you hear that? Let's see what that is. He's in full song. I tell you what, we'll get away from this pumping station, and then uh, we'll get more into the into the bird song. Alright, so I'm just crossing the bed of a stream here. You can probably hear the water running. So there is water in these mountains. Which is a good sign. We have, I think it's about a week ago, we did have like a, a, a half a day of sort of wet weather. It wasn't much. But it's surprising how it kind of gets collected and channeled once you get up into the hills. And I'm cold. I'm actually cold. I, uh, my hands are cold. I've got gloves on. Don't believe me, do you? Oh, there's a pigeon. Yeah, so now we've got a little bit of further away from mankind. 
walking and it's, uh, it's peaceful. Well, it's nature. And here we are again, that same stream, zigzagging across the pathway. Can you hear it? Now, how am I going to get over this? I'll find some rocks that are sticking out of this shallow stream and walk across. I hope I don't fall in. <laughs> oh, and I'm over. That noise, let me just double check. Oh, well, oh, look lovely. There are two chaffinches chasing each other around me. I don't know if you can hear, but all kinds of bird sounds. They're in the forest. We are in the forest with a stream running alongside us and it's spring. Well, it's February, but feels like spring. It's gorgeous. I'm just pausing so as you can hear. Black caps, chaffinches, something in the background. I'm not sure what it is. I'm going to look it up when my signals are good enough to record it and there are very very tall pine trees surrounding me i'm really high it's probably about 100 foot can they be that high no can't be that high maybe 50 foot 60 foot <coughs> and eucalyptus trees the pine trees and eucalyptus trees kind of mingling Oh, and there's a carob tree. Oh gosh, that's a beauty. <laughs> it's got a lot of birds in it. <laughs> and I have been reading about carobs. They're kind of like almost biblical style trees, you know, a very twisty trunk that kind of branches out evenly. They don't get that high, it's probably about 20 feet high but they spread wide. And they have these black kind of pod-like um, fruits or seeds that I understand are, you know, turned into flour and they're used as a thickener. And also, um, <laughs> there's an ice cream substitute, so it must be sweet. I know that we've got one in our village and uh, there's a guy who comes along once a year and he collects all the all the pods and takes them away and I asked him, I said, well, what do you actually use these for? And he said, my horses. The horses love them. <laughs> it must be because they're sweet or something, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, gosh, these eucalyptus trees are big. You know, they've got that stripped bark effect. And uh, they stand out. Their trunks are completely different to the trunks of the pine trees. The pine trees have got this rather sort of 
almost like armoured uh, look. And the eucalyptus, they really don't have any bark at all. It looks like it's just straight into the tree, all stripped. And they're big. A friend of mine, David Scott, was telling me that eucalyptus trees are just about the only trees that uh, they have in Australia. Which I thought was strange. Oh, I've got to cross the stream again here. Okay, carefully does it. Ooh. All right. Okay. Now we're heading out of the uh, the valley and up out of the out of the forest and up into the side of the mountain. It's quite steep. And uh, in the shade here, but and I'm cold, so quite looking forward to getting out into the sunshine a bit. It's beautiful up there. You know, I can see in the far distance the uh, the mountainside. It's very high, and uh, you know, covered in vegetation. You, you would expect it to be, you know, just just dust, but it's not. All kinds of vegetation, you know, growing on mountainside. It looks very green. Mainly pine trees and these bushes. Oh, I can hear a woodpecker behind me. Can you hear that one? Probably can't. But, uh, yeah, there's one in the woods. I'm getting out of breath. I'm on, I'm on the slow road back to fitness. <laughs> it was so annoying because I was really feeling good just before Christmas and uh, I've got I to do it all again. But that's okay. That's what, that's what it's all about. Yeah, so looking up into the side of the mountain ahead there's a sort of a, a combination of where it's really steep, just rock face, and where it's not quite so steep, veg vegetation and trees and things. And what, what always amazes me is, you know, there's a pylon line. <laughs> How do they get their pylons into such remote and inaccessible places? I don't know. Well, they obviously have some kind of special equipment. I've never seen them do it. Ah, now I'm in the sun now. Isn't that completely different? It's hot. Stop. Just taking the bird sound. There's a little guy squeaking to my right. Yeah, there's quite a lot of birds. I guess it's the time of year. And within, you know, about 50 meters have gone from being cold to hot. The sun's on me now. 
contemplating taking my jacket off. Uh, you know, it's so nice to get out into the countryside and away from the hurly-burly of life. Especially at the moment when, you know, there's so much going on that's troubling around the world. And, you know, you, you, feel, you feel helpless to do anything about it. So, you know, it doesn't do any good to, to worry because, well, that doesn't do any good. So, it's good to do something that's completely different, like a hike or a walk. You know, you take a dog out for a walk and, and you, you contemplate other things, you try to contemplate other things. Because as we, as we know, you know, since, was it October the 7th, last year when, oh God, Hamas, made that deadly raid into Israel, killed all those poor innocent people, took hostages, and then equally, equally, no, no, more horrific, I would say, was then the Israeli retaliation, which is, oh, you know, just shocking in every way. And, 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 and as a sort of a, as a bystander, <coughs> who's sort of neutral in this war. You don't, you, you don't really take sides. And you just want them to stop. You know, st stop this and find a sensible solution where you can all live in peace together, which sounds ridiculously utopian, but, you know, this, this is not the way what you're doing to each other. It is not the way. And, you know, if you dropped your red rage and sat down and thought about the future and how you want that to be and accept that there are other people in close proximity who also want to live in peace you would come to some better conclusions than let's kill them all. God, yeah. So that's, that's what's going on in uh, Gaza and Palestine and Israel. And then I think on the news yesterday, I saw that it's the two year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I mean, I remember we podcast, we talked about that, didn't we? Two years ago, obviously. Oh, gosh, this is a beautiful plant. It's a purple-headed plant. Really pretty, small. It only comes up to my knee. And it's got green shoots. And at the end of every green shoot, there's a deep, deep purple flower. Don't know what that is. Oh, this one's a bit taller. They might be. No, I don't know what they are. Oh, I think it might be. It might be a herb. 
Mmm, it smells good. Lovely. Yeah, you see, nature just continues with its work, regardless of what man gets up to. If it can, man doesn't spoil it. Yeah, and then, sorry, I was talking, so just saying that uh, two years ago, the Russians invaded Ukraine. We were all shocked and stunned that that could actually happen in a world that we've just grown so accustomed to being peaceful and safe. Not, not a world, because I wouldn't say the world has been peaceful, but the Western world has been fairly peaceful and safe. And that is not the case now. And initially, you know, the Western Allies and the Americans flew to the defense of the Ukrainians and with help and aid and weaponry and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, well, I think the appetite for war or, or, or sort of proxy war is, is, is sort of waning. And uh, particularly in America, where you've got the threat of Donald Trump again, you know, perhaps becoming president, which, in my opinion, as last time he was in, caused the current destabilization that we're experiencing now, where America's just saying, well, it's just, we only care about America. And the rest of the world, you know, is not our priority. Which is, I don't know what to say about that, except, Donald Trump is not the man, in my opinion. I don't like to be political, but, you know, his motives and his principles are plain to see. And what's, what's, what's worrying is so many people are aware of this and just say, that's fine with us. That is fine with us. You've got a, basically a, a criminal sort of mindset that is being tolerated. And I'm not sure to what end. And I know that there are some who will say, oh yeah, he's really shaking things up. <clears throat> well, he is. And we've got the election coming up with, in America, and in England actually, in the UK. And uh, in America, it's 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 it's, it's really amazing that uh, well, Republicans haven't really chosen their their candidate yet, but it, it's becoming clearer and clearer that it is going to be Donald Trump, like it or not. And uh, the Democrats haven't come up with anybody else except for Joe Biden. Poor guy, he's in his 80s now, and he's looking, he's looking old, and sounding old. I mean, I don't think he's done too much wrong so far. Um, but of course, the other side, yeah, anti-Democrats are just, just keying in on, on his age and, you know, trying to make fun of the fact that he may be losing his, his mental faculties 
don't know if he is or not. But they, they, they should have thought about succession planning, who was going to come next, and uh, given us an alternative. I say us because I have an American passport. I get, I get a vote over there. But given, we should have been given an alternative. The guy was, you know, I thought, significantly older as vice president than uh, Barack Obama. And I thought he was being given a sort of a, that's one song, to thank him for all his service by Barack Obama, by making him vice president. And that would have been it. But no, <laughs> he's got to be, what, 25, 30 years older than Barack Obama? And uh, he's the one that comes after him. <laughs> it's like a topsy-turvy world, isn't it? <laughs> oh, strange things going on out there. <sighs> and, and, and Donald Trump, without giving any details or any specifics as, as to how, um, Donald Trump saying, I'll solve, I'll stop the war in Ukraine in two days. Uh, really? Well, how? <laughs> and I got a nasty feeling. He's just going to withdraw all American support and say, help yourself, Putin. <laughs> it's over. The Americans aren't going to do anything else. And, and I remember before when he was campaigning to get in against uh, Biden and there was some hanky-panky in the Ukraine. It was Joe Biden's son. I don't know what the details were, but... And, and, and I remember Trump holding up the aid to Ukraine. Well, they weren't at war at that point, but it was aid for something else. And, uh, <clears throat> and um, Trump sort of, not exactly off the record either, excuse my language, but actually came out with, with the phrase, I don't give a shit about the Ukraine. You know, well, there you go. So watch out, Ukraine, because I think if he gets in, that's it. And then, a country that was very European-leaning and West-inclined West, um, West is going to be absorbed into what is now, well, what, what would you say Russia is now? I mean, the guy's just killed his political rival. I mean, he put him in jail and that wasn't enough. So he's been found dead. Okay, well, that's not... And, and it's the same old thing. And You know, the guy that, that was leading his, uh, his kind of like, his civilian army force also was blown up. The guy just exterminates his, his rivals. And, and, and the country is, is caught in the grip of a sort of rule of terror. Oh God, why am I talking about this? I came up here to relax. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. So yes, all this is going on. And, you know, I worry. I worry about the future and my children's future. And I'm sure you do too. Um, and you think, well, how much worse could it get? Well, it could get a lot worse. And, and you think, well, what, what could I do about it? You know, how safe am I? Not safe. 
physically safe and, and also economically safe. You know, it's uh, these must have been the thoughts that were running through the heads of the population of the world before World War One and before World War Two. I think World War One took the world a little bit by surprise. World War Two it didn't so much. And there's this sort of nationalistic, we must defend ourselves type reaction, which is understandable. And then there's the sort of the exhaustion and the, and, and the concern about what we're doing to each other and what we're doing to this world. And, and you have to come to the conclusion that there is a better way than the way we're doing it. But the problem is, human nature has two sides. And we end up, if we're not careful, choosing the, the violent and evil side of human nature rather than the kind and honorable side. And we get bamboozled and baffled by arguments that seem to convince us that this is the right path. But you only need to take one step back and take a look logically at what's going on and say, no, no, that isn't right. But I think I'm talking to the mountains <laughs> and you. Anyway, let's, uh, let's draw a a line under that and focus on more positive things about life like this. Now I'm walking along a beautiful path. The sun's behind me and I can see my shadow ahead of me. And uh, there's a sort of a, a red clay dusty path ahead of me with the occasional rocks strewn over it which have fallen down from the higher mountains to the right. And these are, oh, ahead of me, oh, olive trees and oak trees. Different scenery, you know, every so often the landscape changes. We've come out of the pine forests and the eucalyptus trees, and up here they're shorter trees. They're doing well though, they're very drought resistant, these trees. And they give a lot of shade. And on the ground, there's plenty of footprints of cloven hooves <laughs> the cloven hoof so that could be my opinion or my guess th three types of animal the wild pigs jubali jabali <clears throat> they call them over here wild boar plenty of those around here I haven't seen any today but it's not really the time of day goats which are not domesticated, but herded by goat herders around here. Or deer. There's plenty of deer in these mountains. Could be any of them, and I'm not expert enough to be able to differentiate. <laughs> but it's not a horse. <laughs> that I can tell. <laughs> uh, just the peace and quiet. The, the, there's the odd 
sort of old farm building up here. There's like a little, it must be where he keeps his goats or sheep or something. Oh, it's sheep, it could have been sheep. There aren't any sheep up here. Um, yeah, I, I think in former days, probably to some extent today as well, some people do make a living out of the uh, you know, farming up in the mountains here with herds of goats or sheep. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Now, what's that little guy there? Oh, black cap. Hello. Little, little black cap. Two of them, three of them, jumping around in the bush to my left. Can you hear them? Actually, that might be a robin singing. Mm -hmm. There's a fly buzzing me. It's so peaceful up here. It really is. I would highly recommend, if you've got some sort of wilderness that you've got access to, or, or just countryside, you know, and, and you're feeling, I don't know, a little concerned about the world, go out and have a walk. And, and, and it does make you feel better. That's a sarin. Sarin. Oh, I can see him. Fly almost flew over my head then. Can you hear? So they, they speak, I call it speak, but they talk really fast. And I heard a cockerel from down in the valley. Oh, here comes one right over my head. <laughs> you know, when I was a child, I used to uh, love Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Great name, isn't it? Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> and uh, the fact that he could talk to the animals. Or the wonderful Mr. Ed. Did you ever watch that American uh, comedy, <laughs> Black and White? Gosh, to show my age now. The wonderful Mr. Ed, the horse. <laughs> a horse is a horse, of course, of course. The wonderful Mr. Ed, he could talk. A horse that could talk. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be great if you could understand what these birds and animals are saying to each other? Now, I'm looking across the valley here. Oh gosh. So, this part of the mountain that I'm in now is, you know, not manicured or, I mean, it's farmed, I guess, but there's no housing or construction here. But looking across into the other side, I can see the I can see the Zagaleta area, which is reputed to be um, the most expensive. Well, it's not really a town or a village, but it's a community. The most expensive community in, in the world. Can you believe that? In the world? I can't be in the world. I mean, there must be more. But in Europe. And I'm looking across and I'm not surprised. Gigantic houses. You know, really, really. Amazing that they've built these into the side of that. What's this? Something behind me. This just landed in a pine tree. Is that woodpecker right behind me? Well, I'll see if he continues, but just to finish off, yeah, they've got two golf courses in there. I can see the fairway of one of, one of their golf courses. It's just manicured green. And it is lovely. 
and, and these are the super wealthy, you know, people with so much money that live there. You know, their little sort of splash of paradise. And it is lovely, but I have, but personally, I have no desire to own anything like that because it's just a, too much responsibility and you don't need it. But, you know, if you've got enough money and you want to do it, then we'll go ahead. So what's here? We've got three pine trees just all standing next to each other and something landed in there and started tapping. I guess it was a woodpecker. Can't see him. Ah, ah there he is, he's just flat. He's just flown out, I see him. I th actually, the way he was flying looks like a hoopoo. There are these beautiful, <laughs> I just landed on my nose. Um, I can see if I can get to him. That is a lovely bird. It's very colorful and it's got a very long beak. It eats insects. Uh, he hasn't come out of that tree, so. How am I going to get to it? It's a big ridge. Ah, there's a little place I can walk up over the ridge. I will let's scare him off. He's landed in a large olive tree. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Yes, he... They can't... Oh, he's lovely. They, they kind of swoop. They, they, they flutter their wings, you know, for, you know, a second and that gives them a little bit of a thrust. And then they use momentum and gravity to, and then this is a fall, and then they flush their wings and go up again. It's like a helter-skelter. <laughs> They've got this, well, that one had like a very rust red belly and white um, and black feathers on his wings. That's all I could see of him. I think that's a hoopoe. Now, I'm kind of, I've got over the top, we've got to the top of this particular mountain and we're going down the other side. And this is where my poles would have come in handy because it gets a bit slippy down here. So if I go over, <laughs> you'll know what's happened. I hope I don't because I had, um, I went to the uh, chiropractor on Friday because I've, I've been playing quite a lot of paddle tennis. Have you ever played paddle tennis? It's a really good, fun game. And um, I have developed a nasty sort of swollen and sore tennis elbow, as they call it. Some sort of connective tissue has got inflamed and hurts. And uh, this sort of stopped me from being able to play. And I, a couple that I play with, Vera and David from South Africa. Ooh, lovely, lovely butterfly. Oh, he's small, he's orange with black flecks. Don't know what type he is, he's gorgeous. He's just buzzing around, landing on the rocks. There's not much for you there. <laughs> Wonder how long he's been out of his chrysalis. Oh, he's gone off. Um, yeah, so, uh, Vera and David from South Africa. Well, I knew, they've told me before that they have a son who's got a, you know, I thought he was a physiotherapist, I wasn't really sure, but anyway, I said, does your son work on um, elbows? 
Vera said, oh, yes. <laughs> I love the South African accent. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll book you. <laughs> so she's, she's really kind. So she booked me in with her son. Said, well, well, we were playing on Wednesday, and I had the appointment on Friday. And on Thursday, I could barely move my arm. And uh, so Friday was a bit better. And, and, and then yeah, I went, went to his, um, his practice and met him, a young chap, very nice. And uh, Christina came with me. <laughs> and he said, you can come in. He's South African, obviously. You can come in too. <laughs> he, he said to Christina. And uh, so he did, did some sort of, some diagnostics first to just check it really was tennis elbow. And, it made me sort of grip and stretch my move my hands around. Yes, yes, it's, this is tennis elbow classic. So he said, "What I'm going to do?" He says, I, "You know, this is going to hurt." <laughs> he said, "I'm going to. What I have to do is I have to stimulate the blood flow to the area that is uh, inflamed, so that it heals. Because what it is, it's it's, it's, a, it's damage to a ligament." Um, the connective tissue connecting the muscles to the bones and uh, <clears throat> when it gets inflamed like this um, it, it may be slightly torn or and it needs to heal so uh, let's get some blood to it and the way I'm going to get blood to it is I'm going to bruise you <laughs> at that point I thought um, hmm. <laughs> I'm in now I can't get out he's going to bruise me so I said, okay. So he said, lie down here. So he lie down. I, I can't actually see what he's doing because he's got my arm up to the side and he's working on it and chatting away to Christine like, you know, it's, he's just at a cocktail party or something. Like, what do you do? <laughs> well, meanwhile, he's digging his thumbs as hard as he can into the spot that is most tender and, <laughs> and painful. And I'm kind of like, when he's... You know, smiling away to Christine and saying, your husband's making all kinds of funny faces. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, I was kind of groaning and, and, and gasping as he bruised around the uh, affected area, presumably getting more blood to it, which hurt like hell, to be honest. Um, but I felt like it, he must know what he's doing. He's a good guy. And then he said, okay, I'm going to do the needle treatment now. I thought, needles? Is he going to stick needles in me now? Anyway, I felt something and I, I couldn't see. So I said, did you just stick a needle in me? He said, yes. <laughs> I said, okay. And I felt another one. I said, oh, you felt another one? Yeah, and he's like feeling it. He said, you, you, you may feel a slight discomfort now. I said, yes. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, but anyway, sticking needles in me. Um, and they did that for a while. And then he got this... Uh, well, I, I couldn't really see because I was lying flat and he was working on my arm beside me, but he said he was doing the electrical treatment. So he said, tell me when you can feel a slight tapping. Like tap, tap, tap. And I couldn't feel anything. He was turning up the voltage, I think, on this thing until I could actually feel it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can feel it now. <clears throat> and then he just basically held it there and passed an electric current through the affected area. I guess that helps too. And then, uh, sort of, Wipe me down, put some, uh, um, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory uh, cream on it and uh, strapped it up a bit and said, okay, I need to see you twice a week until it's better. I said, okay, all right, 
feeling a little beaten up. <laughs> and, uh, but I thought, well, at least I'm dealing with it. You can't just leave these things. And uh, so I booked myself in for two more appointments. We'll see. But right now, my arm, the reason I'm bringing this up is because if I fall over now, I'm not going to fall on that arm because it's very sore. <laughs> and no pal turns for me for a few weeks. <clears throat> and, I, and I actually, because Christina was playing pal tennis yesterday, and I, you know, I came to pick her up. And uh, I saw Vera and Dave there, and Vera was saying to me that she, she said, You know, my son is actually the. Um, well, the, the chiropractor for the national team. Now, I should have asked, which national team for South Africa? Um, does she mean the rugby team or cricket team? Or should have asked, shouldn't I? <clears throat> but I was so sort of um, uh, impressed <laughs> and also um, in awe that I just said, wow, is he really? Well, he must know what he's doing there. <laughs> so we'll see. Tennis elbow. Have you ever had it? It, it? it can be irritating and it can be debilitating depending on how severe you have it. I had it pretty severely. It's a shame because I, I, I love paddle tennis. Uh, and I will get back to it, hopefully. But, um, yeah, got to give it a break for the time being. It's getting more and more popular all over the world, I think. Something just moved in this bush beside me. Now I'm coming down, I'm almost down here to the level of the reservoir. There's a smallish kind of reservoir here. Let's see how much water's in it. Uh-huh. Gosh, not much. Oh, voices. God, it really is low. What are we gonna do? There's almost nothing in it. We need rain. That's what we need. Hear that black cat then? Yeah, not much water in there. I'd say, this is a rough guess. That's got like 10% full. I've actually ordered for myself and for the village, but for myself I've ordered a 500 litre water tank because we've been told that um, they're reducing water pressure. I think, think they've already started, I know they've already started. Between midnight and six in the morning there's no water pressure, so if you wanted to have a shower in the middle of the night you couldn't. But what they want to do is get us down to 160 litres of water a day per person. I don't know. Anyway, I've got, I'm going to get a water tank and just sort of plumb it into the house. So that if, if we can't, you know, if they turn the water off more than that, then we have, uh, you know, some water uh, to use during the day. This is such a lovely part of the world. There's a, I'm just this one house here with blue windows and white walls. It must be something to do with a reservoir, surely. 
Come here, Lipsy. You can hear the ducks in the background. Oh, yeah. Have I taken a wrong turn? Don't really remember this bit of the path. Oh, no, there's some people up there. Must be right. Dog walkers. Quite hot. I could bring Rooney with me on these walks. I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to think I'm not case talking to myself. Hola, buenas. Buenas. Hello. One of them had a, quite a large German Shepherd. <laughs> I mean, I like all dogs. But if I, I suppose if I was to admit to be slightly int intimidated by any type of dog, it would be it would be that. The big German Shepherds. Oh no, I'm on the right path. It's just a little section I didn't remember. Oh gosh, there's a lovely breeze just kicked up there if you heard it. I have got the muffler on the mic, so hopefully you didn't hear it. Now, there is one other house here. I'm guessing these people work for the water company. Yeah, it must be, must be quite idyllic to live remotely like that. I mean, you're just in the side of a mountain. There's nature everywhere around you. Oh. <laughs> I just saw a flattened frog in the road there. Have you driven over him? This, this bit of road, you could get a four-wheel drive up here. <clears throat> that must have been what happened. Ah, now I know these two guys. <laughs> My friends. There's two horses. Well, I think one of them is actually a mule. And one's a horse. One's uh, a grey or white. And the other is lovely chestnut brown. See the white, but I didn't see the chestnut brown. It's the chestnut brown one that's the mule. Hello! Sometimes they come along, say hi at the, at the there's a post and rail fence, sort of keeping them in the paddock that they're in. Are you gonna come and say hello? No, I don't think he is. Ah, there's the chestnut one, he's just itching his butt on the post. <laughs> He's a mule. They've got that sort of slightly lighter colour around the muzzle. The mules and the eyes. Very sweet things. A mule is a... Isn't it a cross between a donkey and a horse? <laughs> Hello! Hello! Oh, he's looking at me now. Hello! Are you going to come and say hello? I love horses. Yeah. I haven't got anything for you. Wanna come say hi? He's looking at me, staring. <laughs> the mules itching his butt on a on a side, of, you know, on a post. Does that feel good? Yeah. There's so, oh, there's a rabbit running across the field. That is cute. Almost looks domestic. Can't be, can it? <laughs> look, look, a little rabbit. He's got a white tail. 
He's looking at me. You cannot be wild. Are you wild? Yeah, you are wild. Yeah, come and say hello. The grey is looking quite interested now at me. Thinking, has he got anything for me? I haven't, I'm afraid. Oh, now the mule is itching his neck now on that same post. What a lovely scene. All right, well, I'll see you later, guys. We will continue. Well, we're coming towards the end of it. Let's see, oh, 55. Heads up, the maximum recording time for a segment is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. Oh, okay. All right, well, I better, I guess I'd better um, close this section down before the clock stops me. And uh, we'll, we'll move into the close. Uh, from here. Well, I'm at, I told you that we'd try and get as far up towards the source of the Guadalmina River as possible. This is about as far as we can get. Can you hear? There's quite a stream. I mean, this is a small stream, really, of water, and it's running into what would be a reservoir. But it really, that's not enough water to, to keep anybody, any large population going. On this side of the bridge, you can just hear it flowing into the reservoir. And there's people actually walking their, with their children and their dogs on the actual bed of the reservoir, so it tells you how dry it is. <clears throat> Not enough rain. So that's, uh, that's a little weather report for you, or environmental report. I'm just going to pause a second. Yeah, I just paused there because the little lady just sort of getting herself prepared. She looks like she's going to go on a run. <clears throat> Got all the gear. I get a bit self-conscious when I'm recording. <laughs> People think I'm some kind of a nutcase talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, so there's not much water in that. So listen to these birds. You know who that is, don't you? Because we've come across that one before. That's the sarin. Strange weather. It's, it's, it's hot. And sunny where I am, but just looking up into the mountains, I can see there's rain there, which is a good thing. The top of the mountains are, are sort of covered in fog, mist, which probably means it might be raining up there, which would be great. Yeah, because without the rain, we're in big trouble. Did, did, did you know that I'm just coming to the last few weeks of my presidency of uh, the village that I live in. I've been president for two years of the community. Hopefully, you know, done some good. The last thing I'm doing for the community is putting in an alternative water system um, from the mains because, you know, the mains is, the supply is going to be cut off and you can't water the... Um, we're still, we haven't been allowed to water the f flowers and the gardens in the village since November. Well, they're beginning to die. 
<clears throat> so what you can do is buy in well water and uh, you could pay for it obviously but you've got to put it somewhere um, so we're buying some large you know 12,000 litre tanks and we're going to buy in water and we're going to pump the water from the tanks to the plants so that we can continue to enjoy beautiful flowers and gardens. I mean, the gardens in, in the village are exceptional. Ah, well, in what water is left of the reservoir, I can now, I'm looking down, I can see a mallard, male and a female. No, oh, another one. And what's that over there? Uh, those look like geese. A couple of geese, yeah. Not much. One, two, three, five birds. God, last time I was here was a while ago. There must have been a you know, hundred. It just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's, it's been warm. You know, whether this is global warming or whether this is some sort of macro weather cycle I don't know but uh, but what we have to do is make some provision uh, in case it doesn't rain because we forget to May and we haven't had rain then we're not getting any until next October and uh, you know if we don't make some provision for being able to you know keep the water keep the, <clears throat> the village water supply to the plants going we will lose all our gardens which would be a huge shame. So, I'm doing that with my committee. And um, the other thing, this sounds a bit, uh, <clears throat> this sounds a little bit selfish, but we have two swimming pools um, for the community. And we had to close them because, you know, the authorities said you're not allowed to sort of refill your swimming pools and keep them topped up and all that sort of stuff. So, close them down. So we did. They've been closed since November and <clears throat> people like to use the swimming pools. So what we've done is we've bought some tanks for the swimming pools as well and um, installed those. <laughs> so we can buy, we can buy again water from wells and, and uh, keep the, the pools t topped up without the mains water supply. So we're becoming a little independent. <laughs> We're going to become the independent state of La Heredia. <laughs> but yeah, we have to have an alternative. And then, and then, I, and then I'm retiring. Not retiring, but uh, you know, um, I, I'm not going to stand again as president. It's done two years. This is a voluntary role. And people say, "Oh, John, you know, you can't <laughs> stop." And I said, "Why? Well, I have to. I can't do this forever." <laughs> and there's a reason. Besides, just, I, I, I mean, I th from a practical point of view, I think it's good to keep turning over your representatives because they get out of ideas and also they become a little arrogant um, in, the, in, in the security of their position. And, um, and then bad things start to happen. Not that it would happen with me, but, you know, corruption creeps in and, and uh, you, you don't want any of that. <clears throat> so what I said to the guys is, no, you're not voting for a person, you're voting as a swallow. Oh, now which are the ones with the 
fork tails. They swift still swallows. I think it swallows. Beautiful flyers right above my head. Two, three of them. Oh my God, he's coming close. <clears throat> so I shall uh, move on and uh, let somebody else have a go. But it's been good. I have um, learned a lot. And uh, in a way, it's a bit like running a company because you have a board, your committee, you have a budget, you have money coming in and going out. Um, you have staff that you have to manage. Then you have a lot of stakeholders. Just like running a company, in a way. It's been good. Keep my. Oh, that's a backbone. That's the first one I've seen. Um, keep my sort of brain sharp because I'm actually moving into the next phase of my, my career, if you like. I'm self employed. But um, uh, I quite like it. I, I'm well, quite like it. I like it a lot. I, um, I'm working as an independent consultant with a network. I've got a company that provides a network of consultants with specialist skills for their clients, depending on what the client needs. And in my case, um, I'm just about to start work with a company. Uh, based on the other side of the hem of the globe, but that doesn't matter, um, who are looking to yeah, live events business, like I, I, I have always been in, business to business, but um, they want to streamline, become more efficient, become more profitable, grow, so that the owners, two entrepreneurs, can actually sell it and uh, change their lives. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with those guys. And, and there are three or four other companies. The, company, the guys I'm working with have said to me, John, we've got so much work for you. How much can you do? I said, bring it on. As much as you can give me at the moment. I'll tell you what I can't do anymore. So we'll see how that goes. But it's quite exciting. Working for myself on uh, consulting projects for companies that need to scale up and uh, prepare themselves to sell. And I actually helped me through the sales process too. Ah, more water. Little stream. So yes, 2024 will be a different year again. You know, I'll hand over the keys to running the community to the next president, whoever that may be, on April the 4th when we have our annual general meeting. And then uh, focus on uh, you know, my own paid work. I'm back at that pumping station. We've gone in a huge loop. Back at that pumping station that we went past at the beginning. Remember? The one that's pumping water up to the houses on the top of the hill. So, I hope you've enjoyed it. and Thank you for listening. It really has been a, a huge pleasure walking around this nature trail with you. And, uh, I hope you're having a great Sunday or weekend and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. <laughs>